Curious with Josh Beck is brought to you by the new Showtime original series, Kidding, directed by Michelle Gondry and starring Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. Carrey stars as Jeff, a.k.a. Mr. Pickles, an icon of children's television and a beacon of kindness and optimism to both children and adults alike. When his family life starts to unravel, Jeff discovers that keeping it all together isn't as easy as one, two, three. Will Jeff head for a breakdown or a breakthrough? Don't miss the new series, Kidding, Sundays at 10 p.m., following new episodes of Shameless only on Showtime. Download the Showtime app and start your free trial now. Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Curious. I'm Josh Peck. Hope you're enjoying the pod. Hope you're enjoying your day. Uh, oh, so, you know, recently I was reading the reviews on iTunes for the podcast because I'm a glutton for punishment and a narcissist while also hating myself. Um, anyway, and it was funny because this guy took issue with the fact that I called the podcast a pod. And he kind of did that douchebaggery thing of saying, like, listen, I like the podcast, but let me give you some insights into where you're going wrong, fella. Like, you're cute and all, but you're not seeing the error of your ways, and I'm just woke enough to awaken you to your fuck-ups. Um, so I guess the guy won, because I'm not only did he make an imprint on myself personally, but here I am acknowledging him on the pod, like, already talking about him for far too long, so... Well done, sir. You win. Also, fuck yourself. No. <laughs> First of all, thank you. I'm glad you like the pod. Secondly, I'm sorry I call it a pod. I, I don't quite know why, but um, c'est la vie, uh, which uh, I know you guys didn't know that I was bilingual like that, but uh, I know another language because that was French, I think. I just talked in French. That's all I know. Um, it's not my intention to be like, make pod some cool, you know, millennial term for podcasts or what have you. I just some lazy, uh, or I thought it, I don't know. I probably won't stop saying it, but you probably have a point. And look, either way, um, I take back everything I just said earlier. You're right. I'm wrong. Thank you for listening. I'll try to do better, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold out a lot of hope. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to change for you. Wow, this this conversation has already gone in so many different directions. Um, what's going on with me? Just gonna be a father. Uh, I last week my wife and I announced that we are pregnant and going to be the parent of a baby child that will be on this earth rather soon, like within the next six months. And holy crap, it's uh, it's gonna be an experience. I'm nervous and I'm excited. My wife is beautiful and the best and I think she's going to be the greatest mom ever and I think I will be a serviceable dad. I think I have a good chance at not overtly screwing this child up because I'm uh, I'm uh, you know, I'm a pretty I'm a fairly good citizen with uh, a manageable amount of emotional baggage that I don't necessarily need to project on this kid. And that's good. Um but I'm scared, guys. I'm in anticipation of my life changing because it inevitably will and it will 100% most likely there's a good chance probably be for the better. Yes, you know, seems to be the uh, uh, the general uh, thinking that, that children enhance life, yeah, that it brings meaning, that it 
takes the focus off of ourselves because inevitably how can, how many fucking yoga classes and Zumbas and dinners and brunches and trips to wine country can you take? You know, eventually it's gotta, you gotta, we gotta be putting our focus into something other than Amazon Prime or Donald Trump or, uh, you know, how much gluten is in said meal. So I'm excited to have my attention taken away from self and to be put towards something that is of value. Right? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure this will be a big part of my sort of opening rants to the podcast from now until infinity. No, uh, you know, definitely throughout these next couple of months. And then once the, the baby decides to come join us outside of the stomach, but, um, it's been an experience. I take solace in figuring that I just know so many people that are knuckleheads that are parents. And if they can do it, I imagine I can, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting new experience. I Never met my dad. Whoa, where is this going? I never met my dad, uh, and he's deceased now, and so I don't have that framework. But I have an incredible mom who played the the sort of the role of both parents. I have a great big brother, great friends, uh, great father-in-law, all these you know brilliant people that I can borrow from and model myself after when taking care of my kid and trying to sort of correct correct what, um, I don't know. I remember someone once said to me, like, you need to have a child so you can sort of correct what happened to you. (laughs) You know, like you sort of, I didn't have a dad and what he did, you know, I'm sure he had his reasons, but wasn't necessarily the best thing to do, not be in your kid's life. And now I'll give this kid everything I didn't have. And thus I will sort of close the loop. And hopefully the dysfunction will end with my kid or it'll be manageable dysfunction. You know, there's no way this kid's getting out clean. Okay. The father like me, come on. You know what I mean? I mean, my wife's amazing, but she, she can't combat all this. This is 31 years of neuroses. Anyway, guys, um, today's episode is my friend Neve Shulman. You would know him from Catfish on MTV and, uh, you know, Neve and I have sort of known each other in passing over the years. And then, as you'll hear on the pod, we recently got closer over the last year. Um, and I think he's just incredibly smart and thoughtful. And I was so lucky to have him uh, agree to be on the pod and chat. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here's Neve. Oh, and check out the season finale of Catfish this Wednesday at 9 8 Central on MTV. What do you, how long do you usually go? I mean, we feel it out, but I wouldn't say, I doubt we'd go more than an hour. Just let the vibes happen. Some people be doing those three hour podcasts and I don't know how the hell they do it. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Dude. This is happening. Hello. Hello, welcome. God bless. Yeah, I think we need to get. You say that. I do. Yeah. Are you, a, do you do you are you conscious of your? Because I, I I listened to some episodes. And you have. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do a little research coming into something. Um, I am. Well, we, you yeah. haven't said whether you liked it or not yet, but I'm still on it. I did like it. Thank you. Um, I I find that my favorite part is just your little sort of like 
current events at the top. Really? Just like your thoughts on things. Hey. I particularly liked, um, I guess it was your last episode where you talked about posting, like just that, why everyone feels the urge. The tweets. To tweet their commentary on things. I feel strongly. We don't have to get into it. I, I, I thought you did a good job expressing feelings that I have as well, so... I like, thank mo- you for saying that. Thank you. Say um, more, because I'm always interested in people that have <laughs> like-minded. But views I noticed to mine. that you say "God bless," and, and I, I I think it only stood out to me because my dad also says it. Really? And he's not a particularly religious guy. I don't know that you are either. Not that's really. That's just an expression that you like. I do like it, and I I've weirdly found myself. It's a phrase that I've uh, incorporated into my vernacular later in life. Right. And so I find that no matter what, you seem to fall on uh, a couple catchphrases. We all have the things. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to be saying something constantly, it might as well have some, some goodness in there, some, right. a, some awareness. I don't know. I'm, prob- I'm like the worst. I'm not a great Jew, but I'm, uh, I'm a pretty good spiritual person, sure. maybe. Mm-hmm. Good, strong spiritual life. But anyway, tell me more about what you love about me. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 stay on that topic. Yeah, no, this this whole thing, everything. I love your setup. It's so casual and Why comfortable. Not? Yeah, it's, it's just you and I here. Yeah. So your name is Yaniv. That's right. And when when did you get rid of the ya? Uh, <laughs> I don't. It, it was a little bit of a process. I I I know that from a home video that exists from when I was probably three mm. at a friend's house playing in the backyard, I can hear people referring to me as Neve. Right. So it, it started very young. Yeah, it was um, part of it your... It wasn't my choice. It wasn't like I selected Neve as a nickname. It was just part of my childhood. Mm. I do remember, and this is, a, this is probably a exclusive for this podcast. Get excited. No, people. it's not. It's nothing. But... You know, when you're a kid and you start going to school, you have to write your name. Yes. Especially in the like late 80s, early 90s when, like, I don't want to call it, what, what would you call that sort of, remember that like S that like you could draw, like doodle design and name spelling in the sort of wake of graffiti and like skateboard culture. Yeah, it was very important. Was cool. Right. Very like, cool. You, you How you decorated your, name, your cool. binder. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and then s- what was it? The white paint pen? Oh, where you could do some sure, dope shit. The white out you know, pen, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well so so at the time I was trying to figure out how I could make Neve visually as cool as possible. Mm. So I actually wrote it N E V, but I put a line over the E, a straight line, which you don't think about and probably haven't ever noticed, but it is actually a character mm. that elongates the vowel. In this case, the e. A a Hebrew character. I, no, no, no. Just a just a, a grammatic. Okay. It's just a thing. It's 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 an actual tool that lang- in some language, English as well, but you don't really see it in an English word. So it's probably not an English character. It must be some other language. Gotcha. But it gets used occasionally in English, like. Most notably, Palm Pilot. Do you remember? Sure. Them? They had like the Trio. Yes. Which was a phone. And the Pre, the Palm Pre. Right. Both of which had a line over the E. Anyway, no big deal. You're one of those people. So I was, I, had, I sort of pioneered, I don't even know what it's called. You and were... that's how I wrote my name for a long time. Uh, and then 
handwriting got pretty phased out by computers. Right. And no one knew how, including myself, to, to write that character because it required a special a real deep dive into your like settings. Keyboard, right. Yes. So I got, it got lost. I lost the line and have sort of been on a mission ever since to teach the world how to say Neve uh, instead of Nev. Does it kill you with the Nev? It's got to be a little it's annoying. It's just a little annoying. Yeah, it's something. It's not your favorite. It's like when people ask me where Drake is from Drake and Josh. Whenever I go out, I'm like, guys, he's probably well, at his that. house. I get that with Max. Do you? Yeah, where's Max? Right. They assume you guys live right. together. And do everything together. Yeah, yeah. That you wouldn't <laughs> deviate from each other's presence. Um, anyway, so yeah. My name is Yaniv. Yaniv. I love it. It's nice. Yeah. And your brother is Ariel. Ariel, yeah. So He goes by Rel. Rel. And I go by Neve. Rel and Neve. Yeah. I feel like it, in an effort, like I'm... It's so interesting because, like, I'm Joshua, but if someone called me Joshua, I would think they were talking about someone else. Yeah, that's weird. I have been a Josh since day one. Mm. I've got friends that are Dave, and if they tried to call themselves David, I would get angry with it's them. weird, yeah. I feel like that's an unacceptable phrase. And then my wife's brother is Kelly, but that's not even his name. Huh. It's Kenneth John. That's the crazy thing is when Very. you find out that someone you've been calling a name forever, it's like, oh, that's kind of my middle name or, or it's just a nickname. It's not right. even – yeah, that's, that is always weird. So to your, to your point about social media and sort of tweeting and whatnot, are you – how are you as far as like commenting on what's going on in the world and politics and whatnot? Do you kind of try to stay away from that? I – I go through a very similar um, thought process every time I think about posting something. Yes. And, and there's probably slightly – there are variations, obviously, depending on what the type of content is. There's a theme that I think I, I, I sort of – there's a theme to the thought process that I go through, whatever the post. Uh, and it usually starts with, do I need to post this? Like, what, what, why am I posting this? Right. Is the, is the first thought. And and then I think that's very quickly followed by, like, is this a good post? Is this what, – what's the – Well-worded. Per, well, yeah. Or, or what is the motivation behind this? Is this, is it is purely, this just self-promotional? Yeah. Is it, is it just because I, I feel a pressure to – Stay relevant. Yeah, stay, stay relevant. I know that the more I post, the more engagement I'll get. And keep that, the machine going. Right, right. Am yeah. I doing this just because I'm, I think I'm supposed to – and you're the face of a TV show, so I don't doubt that like there every executive's in your ear going, you know what? You know what's funny? I've very, very rarely has has uh, MTV ever asked me to. Are tweet, you kidding? Ever? That's incredible. You found some loophole because anything I have ever done, and maybe it's because they're only casting me for my social media presence. They're like, right. we've got this great plan for you to post 15 times over the next no, two funny. days. No, it's funny. I mean, I. I occasionally they, they don't even ask me to live tweet ever. I mean, they'll send me oh, that's great. an email at the beginning of the week. Like, Hey, here's some content, some gifts, some images if you want to post. Right. But no, I, I, I don't know if it's because I was sort of already an adult and, and I'm an executive producer on the show and, and I, I just, yeah, I, they don't have any expectations of me in terms of, of social media engagement. That's beautiful. Yeah, which is cool. Oh, my um, God. And I also think, and I don't want to deviate too much, but a lot of my, what I'm proud of in terms of my platform is that I'm not, I don't use it just as a 
Yeah, you're not selling. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I right. I, I whatever. So to get back to the sort of the 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 energy that I bring to social media, it's usually like, do I like? Why am I doing? Like, am I? It just is it. Am I being gross? And am I just like posting something? Yeah, is for it myself for vanity or, or ego? Right. right. Totally. So most of the time, I I try, if not to find a balance to to sort of lean toward like, how can I make a post meaningful? Right. Or say something that might help someone or, or start a conversation that I think is important. But that or, hesitation is everything. Right. People lack that hesitation, which is why I've got a timeline full of fuckery and like ridiculous shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I probably overthink. Right. Well, I wish I could just Jewish. casually post <laughs> yes. stuff all the time. I mean, I see other people doing it. I'm like, man, that is that must be nice just to not see at least seemingly not care and kind of just like oh whatever you know like i i occasionally i'll get lost in miley cyrus's instagram or or oh, and I'll just same like, oh so fun right she just a 30 second video of her eating popcorn like god i i i think i'd like that i wish i was that carefree right so carefree <laughs> right. But, but then i realize i don't my my default state is not sharing Right, like yeah, of course. So for me, every post is is an effort. I have to to really sort of apply myself and say I should I should post something. What am I going to post? Is this picture good enough? What am I going to say? Is it is it what does it bring? Add yeah. change? You self critique, right? And I probably eliminate ninety percent uh, for every post. There's probably nine others that I thought about or right. said I should probably post this and then forgot because I just don't care. Do you have a committee as well? Will you run it by your wife or a friend before if you're if you're yeah. on the fence? Because my wife sure. is very good at striking down yeah. my best ideas. <laughs> yeah, She'll I be mean, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 ask Laura sometimes. Like, what do you think? Should I post this? If, well, for sure, if she's in it, I have to. hundred percent. I made that mistake too yeah. many times. Believe I <laughs> I said some shit about my mom on the podcast the other day, and I think I went as far as to call her bossy, and I so didn't mean that, and I just assumed that people oh, knew. Fine. The angel, you know, supernova whom that right, my mom is. It goes without saying. Right, of but, course. But she's the best mom ever. She is the best mom ever. And I just thought that it was implied with being a fabulous New York Jewish mother that at times she could be a little assertive. Right. And she heard that and was like, oh, I'm bossy, am I? And I was like, oh, fuck. Wow. I have dug myself into quite the hole, sir. Yeah. My bad, mom. Love you. Sorry. Yeah. You're you're a boss. Yes. You're a boss. Yeah, that's, she's a boss. That's a compliment. <laughs> anyway, so so just to wrap it up with the social media. Sure. So, so I find that it's not part of my sort of na- natural state to to self promote. Sure. So I feel like I'm happiest using social media when I have something to share that isn't just me. I mean, obviously. I'm in a lot or, or I'm part of a lot of the things that I share. But if I, you know, in a perfect scenario, every, everything I share would be a meaningful piece of content that says something either new or, or supports something that I believe in. And so most of the time I, I, I just sort of defer to the people who are really good at it, whose right. job it is. So like if I scroll through my feed and I see that, Stephen Colbert and and I don't know. Who, yeah, who, we're not going to say all it these other than them. people are already sort of offering brilliant, funny commentary, well crafted right. insight. Like, great, 
someone right. did it. I'm, there's no way I'm going to do it as well as them. So, But do you ever find, and this is, and an, an what you were referencing before was my little tirade about social media in the last episode, and I, I find, especially what Twitter will do, will they'll aggregate a bunch of people to one area. Right. So it'll say, comedians are saying this. Yeah, I've noticed that, yeah. And then I will, because they know that I follow some comedians, and then it'll be 10 people in a row, and it'll be Billy Eichner and Kumal right. and Jesselnik and all these people saying about the exact same thing, and they are out-tweeting each other to see who can be more clever about eviscerating Trump. Right. And while, like, I'm down for the cause, I just feel as though, like I said before, I'm like, who is this helping other than your ego? That you had, like, a witty, well-crafted take on I agree. News. Because I, I think the nature of Twitter and most social media is that you essentially only see what you want to see and already have seen. Right. So I don't know how far those tweets are going to reach and, and sort of change minds or start conversations in circles of people who, who need to be having those conversations. Right. The only thing I'll say, though, that I think I do like about Twitter is, and I don't know how the algorithm does it, but when someone let's just use the president for an example, Makes puts up a tweet. Sure. I don't know if it's the first person or how it works, or the, but I always like to see the, the first the two or three thread responses. Me too. Because if you're going to try and like have your either smart or funny or meaningful response seen, that's the place to do it. Right. It's not in your own original tweet because that's just going to go out to your followers and they're going to regurgitate the same content. Right. I think it should always be the thread. Yeah, you should reply. Because that's where other people are going to see it. And like they can the jump follower. in. Well, right. And you can actually have a conversation. Right. I agree. I think to just tweet your own feed and just have your followers sort of yeah. agree with you is like – Right. Is that something – what are you doing is the question. Yeah. Anyway, but you talked about all this already, so. No, well, listen, I like to, I like for it to be validated with other like-minded people because inevitably, and listen, I'm, I'm a hypocrite because I make money from social media. I'm ever present on the media of right. social, but um, I do have my qualms about it as well. But speaking of that, your DMs on Instagram and on Twitter, because of the nature of what you do and then also your show now sort of invites people's participation sure. and I'm sure there are traditional channels for them to submit their stories but do you find yourself inundated with the craziest stories from like randoms in your in your direct messages so people that want to be on the show people that want to be considered yeah I mean I definitely get a lot of direct messages on Instagram right um which I have to go and look at you know because you go to your messages and then you have to go to like requests yes right because if you don't follow someone they can't send you the a, deep dive right and the loony bit i don't know no, what okay. <laughs> yeah i mean it's not very you know what's funny it's not actually that crazy i mean i probably i don't i've never done it but let's say i get five to 20 direct messages a day maybe right at most probably and a lot of them are just very friendly you know hey big fan of the show once in a while it's like hey i'm getting married and i'm putting together a video and could you send a clip and I always feel bad because I I want to do it right but then I'm like I don't know is 
I don't want to. I don't, don't want to start a trend of this thing. I feel. I, I. I always feel bad because I should just do it, but then I have to respond to them. I have to get their email address. I have to make a video. Then I have to email them. Many and I, steps. And then you know, I always think like, oh, but then this person's going to have my email, and when they when their cousin has a birthday, are they going to email me? And am I going to feel like? I don't know. I I I, I project this assumed sort of future of doing this now oh, and forever it's impending doom and even though it's probably only going to be this one guy and he's going to be it's going to mean so much to him <laughs> my inbox is going to get assaulted right, I have this crazy with arbitrary emails a never-ending email chain of of birthday and wedding requests anyway we all do it so i get those occasionally um and, and here and there i get a, a weird story actually well i won't read it but you know uh i'll most, read it well most people know to send emails to the sort of show email account, which is catfishneve at Gmail. Yes. Which I started after the documentary because I was getting so many weird messages and still is the sort of, I think, main source for for applications, if you will, um, or through the actual website, catfishcasting.com. But um, Max gets emails through his website. Right. Your partner. Right. Max Joseph, who's my co-host on the show. He... Uh, People who, who really want to say something will go to his website, They'll and then they'll fill out like the inquiry or the contact me message thing, which, which then sends him an email. And uh, we, he recently, he, once in a while, he'll forward them to me if it's relevant. And he just forwarded one to me that was really meaningful. It was from a girl in, in I think maybe the Netherlands or somewhere in, in Europe, who uh, who said that... Her and her dad watched the show a lot, and she had turned him on to it, and he really enjoyed it, and he had been sick. I don't remember if it was cancer or some terminal disease that he'd been struggling with, and and a couple months ago, I guess he passed away, and hmm. and I don't know what prompted her. Maybe the show was on or something, but she saw an episode of the show, and she reached out just to say how meaningful it was that they had shared the show and laughed about things and, oh, man. and how much he had enjoyed it. And it was something towards the end of his life that he really kind of was happy about that he enjoyed. And Love that it. was like such a great Ugh. message to read. And, and I'm going to probably reach out and just say thank you right. for that. And, and I've heard other versions of sort of similar stories. So that, that is really nice that, that someone from somewhere around the world can contact us to tell us something like that is really great. Oh, it's everything. So. I've had, and this just speaks to my neuroses, where I've had those like blessed, beautiful moments where you're like, oh my God, what I do makes someone happy and, and it's all worth it for that. And, and I'll get so many lovely messages. And then the one message that says you were funnier when you were fat. <laughs> and then right. that after all these just beautiful, reaffirming you know, affirmations from lovely people that love the work. And then the one troll, I'm like, well, he must be right. <laughs> That's, isn't that incredible how there's a part of our brain that can only harp on just I the know. most negative? Well, that's, I mean, that, that is a different conversation. But <laughs> I, I think the biggest issue that, not the biggest issue, one, one major issue that civilization and, and the human sort of spirit is facing right now is overexposure. Right. We're not designed... To, ha to, to have to, to be, to have to deal with and, and see and absorb a world of 
pain and suffering and disaster. We we're not built to have that much empathy. Yes. And so I find lately, like, I, I go I, if I go on social media, which I do, it's just all bad. And it's all I bad. I can't process all that. And 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 if I even begin to try, or if I if I say to myself like, oh, I should I should tweet this fundraiser link. I should donate to this. I should tell people to care about this. It's like, where does it stop? And 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 if I don't do those things, am I a bad person? If 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 I'm not tweeting about the, the 15 different terrible things that are right. happening right now, do I not care about them? But I can't care about all of them. And what can I do? It's just like, it's, it's so overwhelming. Well, because we're so tribal. And in reality, we really, we should only know about 30 people That's our right. whole life. Right. That's how I feel. And maybe like a dozen animals. Yes, you know exactly. I, mean? like, I would love to know a couple animals better than I, I know agree. a few I mean, people. That's why you get a dog, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, but no, I, I know. And you also only have so much currency with the people that follow you. You right. can only sell them a few times and then you have to have a huge gap in between. Cause then they're like, bro, enough of this. Like you can't just use me following you to sell me whatever, right. even with the best intentions. Well, and if they want, if they follow you for one thing and you try to give them something else, it's like, oh no, 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 no. Right. I get that something else from someone else. I don't like, yeah. I'm not coming to you for social causes. I'm coming to you for do what I like. Chubby comedy. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> Chubby comedy. That'll be my book. Oh, what's up? Sorry to interrupt, y'all, but we got another ad over here. An advertisement. An advertisement. So let's get hectic. You know what? No matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look feel and smell your best. They have amazing shower stuff, hairstyling products, toothbrushes and toothpaste, and of course, razors and shave supplies. I'll tell you what I'm a huge fan of with this uh, Dollar Shave Club life, the One Wipe Charlies. You can imagine what they're for, but they're in just like their own little packaging. You throw them in your pocket. So if in the middle of the day, you, nature calls, you know that you're going to be fresh as a daisy back there. And let me tell you, there's no better feeling than knowing that you know, you, you, you got no worries. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go into detail because I'm sure you can imagine what I mean. And right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of their starter sets. I recommend the Daily Essential starter set because I love the Amber Lavender Body Cleanser. Okay? I like that. That lavender keeps me calm. But you can't go wrong with any of them. Head over to dollarshaveclub.com slash curious to pick your own DSC starter set for just five bucks. After your starter set, products ship at regular price. And make sure you check out their new video too. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash curious. dollarshaveclub.com slash curious. Okay, y'all, let's get back to the talking. Who are you? We know that somewhere in the world, someone downloaded this podcast, but we don't know anything about you. The people who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. If you have two minutes, it really does only take two minutes. Help us make the show an even better experience for you by telling us more about yourself. Just go to listenerq, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q dot com slash curious and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. Yeah. Two minutes. ListenerQ.com slash curious. That's ListenerQ.com slash curious. So you, 
you're you're a dancer. You started as a dancer, or you studied dance. Yeah, I uh, I think I would say my first passion. Passion is a little weird to use because I, I don't know that I would have thought of it that way then. But the thing that I was first really into was dance. And uh, since you were a kid, yeah, I guess it was fifth grade. Mm. A really cool organization called the National Dance Institute, NDI. Jacques Demboise. That's right. I was in that as well. You were. Oh, that, in, did we do? Have New we York figured Public? this out or I don't not yet? Think so. Oh my god, we're doing it just oh, now. So cool. So yeah. NDI came to my school in fifth grade. I, yeah, in New and, York schools. Yeah. And uh, they had this once a week after school program, or maybe it was two days a week. They would come to your school and, I don't know, for 45 minutes, you'd do a dance class. Right. And it wasn't, I mean, you know, it wasn't like formal dance. It was like jazzy kid hip hop. Choreography. Yeah. Right. Um, but I loved it. And I immediately sort of fell in love and, and had enough energy and big enough smile and enough talent that I was invited to sort of join the more formal troupe which met on the weekends and put right. on shows and and kind of quickly was then promoted if you will to the sort of elite okay group. it was it was swat i don't know if you remember this i was in swat right there's a chance that we were at the same we weekend rehearsal <laughs> at LaGuardia. yeah i was there we were for sure a hundred percent that's crazy but there was still a good amount of kids like yeah but couple then i dozen. was in celebration i wasn't no one you was celebrating my <laughs> my big ass <laughs> No. So, did you feel as though maybe you were being scouted a little bit, not just for your ability, but you do have the body type, or at least from here, of like a ballet, like someone who would be sure able to move in that way? Well, so until I was like 16, I was tiny. I was right. like a very, very small boy. Gotcha. Much to the concern of like my family, they all thought I was just going to be really, really short. Like five four. Yeah, I was. T I was small. I was like a little small, skinny. Swing. Yeah, and yeah. then summer. Yeneve. Yeah, and then the summer, I of my whatever. I was sixteen. I came back to school, and all of a sudden, I was like flourish. I flourished. Yeah, blossomed. Anyway, so no, I never. No one ever. I don't think anyone ever thought I was going to go to full the... tilt into professional dance. And that's like that. And I would have needed to have started. In middle school, anyway, and, and your father would have had to be from Moscow, and, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I guess it, I, I, it would have. I, looking back, I kind of wish I had been encouraged to go into ballet because right. it was never really. No one ever said like you should take a dance a ballet. I just wasn't into it. I just liked what we were doing. And that was it. Um, but now I realize that I don't think it would have worked out anyway because I'm I'm far too hairy. You are you're a swarthy man, and so even if I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer that would require full body wax we gotta well you gotta wear tights and leotards and a lot of stuff is shirtless right and it would be very distracting there would be a healthy amount of hair right and i'm assuming some matting perhaps yeah well on. especially under tights you don't think about it but tights are not totally opaque so you can you see if there's hair under there you, it, right. it looks weird you, you would have had to shave your whole body i might have to shave and i don't think i could i don't i don't think i would have the same gusto and and who's got time performative energy if i didn't have you know my hair is a big part of my personality so. i'm not gonna lie and it must have been a in i remember watching catfish the doc when i first saw it and yeah. feeling like some of your shirtless scenes. So I was like, look at that guy's chest hair. That's not even full. I mean, I, the hair is ever growing and changing. Sure. So, I mean, I look back at pictures from six years ago and I think like, oh man, I 
kill to have <laughs> that all, coverage. That, that few, that, that little chest hair. Now right. it's like tripled. Oh man, so. hair. I don't know. Hair's one of those tough things. Now, do you get like? Cause sometimes my wife will look at me and say, eh, "Maybe it's time you oh, yeah? did a bit of grooming." <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, I, "All right." I, yeah, I mean, I, I I do my best to keep keep it under control. Sure. Um, armpits frequently. Sure. And I don't think a lot of people know this, but I think if, if I mean, I, you know, I also sweat. S- armpit smell, I think, is like at least fifty percent hair. Really? Right? So I find that when I trim my armpit hair really, really short, mm. I s- don't smell hardly at, at all. You heard it here first. So if you if you have a bit of an armpit smell, mm. and you have longer armpit hair, trim it, and, and I think you'll find. Uh, a level of freshness are you, you might not have expected. Are you a no deodorant guy? Are you a so natural deodorant I'm a, guy? I'm a, for like the last, I don't know, five or so years, I'm actually a, a Botox guy. Wow. Because Tell me I everything. sweat a lot in my armpits. Sure. And on TV. Right. That's the worst. And you are a fan of a nice collared light blue button I like, up. I like a light colored shirt. And right. that is just, right. yeah. yeah, it's Damn. hell. Yeah, you can't do it. So, so I get every you know, like four, five, six months. I go in for uh, Botox, and and that amazingly, completely Game eliminates changer. sweat. Really? Well, not only the sweat. I mean, I, the the pit stains. You just ruin your clothes. It's just the worst. It's just uncomfortable. I mean, I'm actually sweating a little bit now, barely, but I and can feel it's almost time for another. Although now there's a procedure where I think they can actually just like remove they the burn sweat glands, the, something, right? And you don't find that you then sweat from like your tongue or from your eyes, some random um, place you should never sweat from. It's redistributed. No, no weird thing. My feet Fair. get hot. I am hot. I'm a hot. I run hot. Right. Me too. So I stopped wearing underwear years ago. Good for you. It's just constri- it just yeah, it just lifts. Like a layer of, I mean, that midsection is, is is a zone for me. That's a hot zone. So sure. <laughs> I need it to be as free and, and breezy as possible. Well, you know, and we'll get to this in a bit, but recently you and I were on a, a un, unintentional mm-hmm. beach vacation together, and I was lucky enough to see you with your shirt off, and it seemed like you had hair in all the right places. Like chest, yeah. great. No shoulder hair, not that I saw, nothing on the back seas, and that's huge. Like, have hair where you're supposed to. I have light light growth on shoulders and and center back, Mm. manageable. It's increasing. I think I'm going to have hair coming. It happens. Forever. Uh, But it's manageable, yeah. I have a very, and the Botox sounds great, and my whole thing is if you don't want to wear deodorant and you don't smell, God bless. Right. But I if know. you do, yeah. you have broken the social contract. And I am like, yeah. and I tried. I did the Burt's Bees natural deodorant. Mm-hmm. I did have you the done prescription. Like, that's a thing, right? Like prescription strength deodorant. Well, I mean, I sweat as much as the next guy, sure. but like, I've never had too much, too many qualms with it. And so, but I wanted to go the natural route. I heard all the talk of that it could cause cancer, blah blah blah. So I tried these natural things, and I just smelled like the bad know, side of a health store. I like I just, I, it was too much, and I went back to my right guard or my speed stick or whatever it is. Never been happy. Yeah, Old Spice. Just do it. It works enough. It does. Because there are those same people who are like, I have a really clean diet. 
and I I shower every morning right. and I don't I and I'm like I'm like my guy you stink I, I don't know. care what you say I know well for, fortunately for me it's just arm right I don't know why the armpits are the the wet gland that smells yeah, but I do I think know. hair the armpit hair has a lot to do with it all right well, anyway you heard it here first so you're a dancer you never you never consider going into no, a professional no. you know what I I have a very there's one one thing that I kind of pride myself is that I, I'm I'm realistic and honest with myself. So I knew then, you know, in high school, that there were people who wanted it way more than me. Right. And while I might have been able to pursue a career in dance, I don't know what version of a career, I didn't I saw the passion of people who who's who were committed to pursuing that and, and I was like was you. I don't have that right so if right. there if if I know it's hard for people who have that and I don't even have that like what I'm not who am I kidding right and yeah. that's the same thing that happened to me with acting cuz I never I mean I was I was lightly in the the drama department you know at summer camp I was in the wizard of oz you know like I was I enjoyed it but after the catfish documentary came out this really wonderful very high profile manager talent manager picked me up and was like, if you're interested in being on screen, I think you've, you've got it. Sure. And I can get you the right auditions and like, we can get you into some stuff. And I was like, okay. Why not? I'll give it a try. You don't say no to that. Right. Right. And so, and I went on one audition and immediately knew like, nope. No, not for not me. Not for me. Yeah. I don't need this level of rejection. It in wasn't my even life. the rejection. It was, I mean, that's a funny story. Please. So I, uh, I got sent out for audition. At the time, I didn't realize, you know, like, there's like small parts, and then there's not small parts. Sure. I just assumed if there was anything I was going out for, it was like a tiny, insignificant thing. Right. Well, little did I know, my manager had, because of her reputation, booked me an audition for the... I don't know if you've seen Mr. Popper's Penguins. I've heard good things. Well, Jim it was, Carrey. Right, it was a Jim Carrey film. Sure. Where somehow uh, dozens and dozens of penguins end up being shipped to his apartment in New York City. Anyway, and I had I went out for the role of the doorman, which when you th- hear it, you're like, oh, a doorman, like fairly innocuous. No, no, this is like multiple scenes. Jesus. Like the the comedic like counterpart to Jim Carrey, like the guy who's constantly like backing like. A yes. big part of the film. Something like J.B. Smoove would exactly. play. Exactly. Right. Like a serious character actor. Gotcha. With like real chops. <laughs> yes. Okay. A funny factor. Right. And this was before I was living in Los Angeles. So I was staying at a hotel. And I had stayed at this hotel a few times. And I'd actually become friendly with the uh, concierge. Mm-hmm. This lovely lady, Barbara. And, um, and so I think, okay, I got to go in for this audition as a doorman. I should get a doorman uniform. Sure. Commit. So, yeah, right. Because yeah. I know I don't have the, you know, the experience as an actor. But at least if I can look the part. Yeah, fake it till you make it. And I it. like costumes. I'm a big dress up guy. Suit up and show up. So I borrowed a bellhop or whatever it was. Uniform, <laughs> gotcha. The whole thing with the hat. And um, and I go to this audition and I and I, I could tell right away when I walked in they were shocked i mean but like pleasantly shocked i don't know i mean i think that they were a little bit like 
we squeezed this guy in. We've mm-hmm. never heard. He's he's a known name, and we're probably at interview. You know, they've probably been auditioning, like you said, like yeah. major. Tracy names, Morgan, right, right. yeah, heavy hitters. Who is this skinny, no-name, weird From kid a documentary. In, in, right, <laughs> right, in a full valet uniform, right? And I don't, I'd love to see the tape, although I'm sure I would cringe, but I, I was terrible. Just Amazing. terrible. I'd never done it. I just was awful. And I left, and I went into the bathroom, and I started to change, and I, and this, it's almost difficult even to say it, but I, 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 for better or worse, said to myself, like, I could do better. <gasps> so oh, I went back in. God bless and you. And I said, guys, I'm sorry. And at this point, they're probably like, I probably interrupted them laughing or or talking about how re- I can't believe that kid. Who was that? Is that for real? And That's I, amazing. And I think I did it again, just as bad. And they let you. They did. They were very sweet. Uh, accommodating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I left that audition knowing that, like... Total bust. You didn't ask for My feedback act- from no, your manager? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Oh, well, well, this is the hilarious part. So okay. the next day, I get the phone call from my manager. And she says, so, you know, I, I, I heard from the <laughs> oh, casting no. team. And they are, they don't, yeah, they're, they're going to, they're not, they don't think you've, you're ready for this and, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I, I said to her, I was like, listen, no more. I'm not doing this. I'm it's done. not for me. I, I appreciate the effort, but like moving on, let's focus on this TV show thing, which yes. is now obviously Catfish. Um, but that was that. And it's funny, the two probably most embarrassing moments that I can recall are that audition and one years and years before when I had, I don't know why, but I'd gone to, I guess, maybe get an agent Okay. I, I guess I thought at the time that maybe it's what I'd, people do. I, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know what prompted that. I was in New York. Oh, maybe because I joined as a little musical theater company, not company, but troupe, kids thing called City Lights. And I'd been in a show and felt like maybe I'd get into that a little bit more. Anyway, and I went and, th- and I didn't know what like prepare a monologue meant. Sure. Because I just had no idea. Yeah. Now I under, I mean, and if you don't know what that means, if you're listening, it's like usually you, you choose a, a, a a long passage from a play or a, or a film yeah. that is emotional or funny or meaningful. And and, you, and it's just you. Yeah, and it's a couple minutes and you just sort of say it like you're telling a story. Right. Mono I didn't, one. I didn't, I didn't know that I should do that. Jesus. So when they said, okay, what do you have prepared? This is like, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I wish you could see how embarrassed I am. Ugh. I, I had been encouraged by my dad who thought, who thinks I'm hilarious to to do my Austin Powers impression. Rough. <laughs> I hope you haven't forgiven which I, your dad which for been this. Told, you know, which I'd been told was pretty good. It was hilarious. But obviously like only by friends and family. Right. So I go into this awkward, <laughs> weird, like Austin Powers impression. Where, and I'm like going up to the front desk lady, like asking her if she thinks I'm... You know, like, like, it was like... The, it was so humiliating. You had the best Austin Powers impression of the Shulman exactly, family. Exactly. Solid. And I, I humiliated myself then. Uh, so that's, those two experiences, I think really solidified my departure from on camera sort of acting, if you will. So two stories. First one is Billy Bob Thornton was recently on Marin, uh, on his pod and his first foray in acting was a monologue auditioning for acting class where he loosely improvised a reimagined version of Othello. Hmm. For 45 wow. minutes, 
And 30 minutes in, the teacher said, is there more to this? And he's like, probably only 20, 25. And he was like, you realize there's other people here. But of course, it was really Bob Thornton. So he he actually was told that it was quite good. (laughs) And then now, thank God, we have Billy Bob Thornton. Right. But secondly, I, and this is, we're about to hit mad bases that we've already touched. I, my, one of my worst audition experiences was going in for just an interview because the creators of the show and the writers, producers, directors wanted to meet me, get a vibe for who I was. It was a show that was on stars with Jeffrey Dean Morgan to play a young Jewish mob boss son person in Miami in the forties. I can see that. They said dress appropriately for the time. Right. So I dress in a slightly tight fitting button up shirt not a lot of breathing room in sure. that shirt. You know, a thicker fabric. And I'm sitting there and we're talking. And the room is hot. Mm. Maybe it's not hot, but I'm hot. Sure. So we're talking. Ten minutes goes by. And I, I'm like, I'm sweating. I got pit stains. Yeah. But I'll just do the move of I'll keep my elbows tight. I won't reveal the stains. I'm sure it'll be fine. Twenty minutes. These stains are getting bigger. Right. For sure. Forty-five minutes passes. I've been sitting there. I've made no mention They've made no mention. Sure. I walk into the bathroom. Oh, my shirt to my waist oh. is soaked. Oof. And so I'm talking like it, it looked like I went swimming except for one dry stripe down my midsection. <laughs> it was so mortifying. Wow. Now, then I was 23 and so terrified. I just wanted a part. Now at 31, I'd be like, can you fucking believe this, guys? Right. <laughs> I know. Like, I am schwitzing. Like, I would just draw attention to it, but I was so terrified to do anything wrong. Did you get, was, did the part happen? I did not. Didn't. They brought me back, thankfully, to allow me to audition to prove to them that I wasn't right for the part. <laughs> but yeah. I just, I'll never, I'll never Sweat, forget man. that. It really happened. Screw you up. So in doing something like, I mean, I feel like you've probably talked about the catfish experience so much, but what I'm most interested in, in, in doing the doc and now the TV show for a bunch of seasons, what, do you have any insight into what you think the psychology is of the typical catfish or does it just run the gamut of different personalities? So the catfish as in the, the, the person person who's doing it, making things up or lying. Yes. Okay. I do. Uh, God, I, I, I mean, there, there's a lot in that. Mm. But if I just want to quickly dive in, I think that boredom plays a big part. I think that com- comparison and, and jealousy also, you know, we, we've become so aware of everyone, right. but, but specifically people well beyond our sort of physical social circle that we now are constantly forced or or sort of encouraged to see what other people do and how other people live and what their lives look like and and how fit they are and how much fun they're having and all the vacations they're going on and so when you compare yourself to that it, it takes what's I think already a baseline of, of insecurity and, and unhappiness that a lot of young people feel because, you know, naturally when you're younger, you don't know who you are yet. You don't know what you're doing to your life. There's a lot of pressure. You're trying to get a job or go to school and you're up against financial and social 
you know, obstacles. And so that as a base then kind of coupled with the, the awareness of all these other people whose lives seem to be much, much better than yours, mm. you know, and, and then add in a sprinkle of just a lot of free time because you either can't, you know, either don't, you, maybe you don't have a full-time job or, or maybe there's not, not a lot to do where you live and you get this sort of cocktail of, of okay, well, what do I do that, that doesn't cost money that I can do from home and that will maybe make me feel a little bit less shitty live a fantasy life right so you you create a fantasy and i think in a weird way the internet allows for the adult imagination to run wild in a way that could be really helpful and 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 i think is actually really meaningful i mean i know so many people who do make alter egos who have sort of stage profiles if you will or or you know second profiles that they use to express a certain side of them and that's great but if 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 you're essentially using it as an escape from who you really are and as a fantasy to experience the world through someone else, there are pitfalls, and one of them is is meeting someone else who who then genuinely falls in love with that creation, and and then how do you navigate your way in and out or around their feelings when you just made this for your own feelings sure that's that seems to be the theme in a lot of these is like oh i just made this profile because i wanted to know what it would feel like to be popular and good looking i wanted to know what what it would feel like to get attention from strangers good attention right because we're all so used to negative well we're not all so used to it but a lot of young people who may not be conventionally attractive or you know you you were uh, overweight oh my god right so you you probably thought countless times like god i wish i had that body i i think even as a kid in my first foray into the internet at 12 years old and being on aol and chat rooms that as soon as i saw the power of when someone would hit you with the age old age sex location and i could be like 23 male malibu when i was like 12 fat Lower East Side of Manhattan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, Lower East Side's still cool. Not bad. It's right. gotten better since then. Yeah. <laughs> Got another ad for the podcast because we successful as shit. Let me ask you guys something. Have you ever wanted to have a better teeth brushing experience? Well, Quip's here to help because it was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable because it's got a built-in two-minute timer into the actual toothbrush that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. It helped guides a full and even clean. So if you short it, if you cheat it, if that, you know, if that timer's still going... You know you're not as clean as you could be, and it has sensitive sonic vibrations gentle enough on your sensitive gums because those electric toothbrushes can be a little too abrasive sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And I got my gums are like me, sensitive. But you know what I love the most about my Quip toothbrush is every three months, a new brush head comes in the mail, takes all the guesswork out of things. That's why I love it. Look. I love Quip. That's why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash curious right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash curious. Do you think there's a power aspect too because even in the doc and we've also seen it 
on the show where people will start creating not only a persona, but then a world, yeah. multiple accounts. Now they're sort of like manipulating someone's entire existence. I do. I think, I think that um, there's a lot of people feel like they have very little control in their lives, right? I mean, most people don't own their home. They don't own their car, you know, they, they, you lease a car, maybe, maybe you own whatever. That's a silly example, but you don't own your home. Your job is, you know, fingers crossed, like you can keep it, right. you know, your, your medical bills, your credit card debts, like everything is closing in on you all the time. Where can you find one sort of thing that's your own that makes you feel important right. and in control? And I think that these profiles is one version of that. I think even if you're not making a fake profile, even if you're just using social media, sort of like you described earlier as, as a place to sound off and just be recognized for either your sense of humor or your you know, political awareness or whatever, like it gives you a sense that you have a platform where you exist that is, is yours. And I think that's why everyone in the world seems to want to have their own Facebook page. It's my space. Like I'm in control. Curate it the way I want. And that's important. I mean, it, it is important to have that. Right. Um, I, I, it's sad to some extent that we've, we've somewhat discouraged people from having that in, a, in their physical worlds and lives. Right. In the form of painting or a hobby of some kind or even putting, making puzzles. I mean, it used to be your cooking, whatever. like An expression. Yeah, and, and, and an expression that you could share. You know, so like if you're a young person, and maybe you used to be much more likely to join a bowling league. And now it's like, well, that costs money and I have to get there and I'm not a great bowler. Right. So and I, might I could have spend to... six hours a week doing that, or I could spend sixty hours a week doing this, which you know is easier. Yes. So that so that that's one of the sort of things about social media that, like I said before, it could can be a great thing, but but if you're lazy about it and you're using it instead of pushing yourself to do things, I mean, I say it all the time. I need a physical creative outlet, and I I, ha I don't have one right now. I have in the past, like I used to take photos a lot, and I used to post them on this website, and every day I was like putting up albums, and it made me feel great, and like very satisfying. Accomplish. Yeah, just 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 to have a, something that you're doing once a day that you can sort of look at and be like, I did that. Right. Now most people say like, oh, I posted on my Instagram. I had I a, did that. Right, a witty and caption. I, uh, yeah. And yeah. I don't disagree that there is that is a thing. There's some merit, but not... I just think that because so many other people are doing that every day, it's like the it's worth less. But it, it's such a control factor because people control and design the way in which you view them through their page and the way that right. it's run. And yet, or like, and I'm fascinated by the people that Facetune because besides the fact that in nine out of ten cases you can tell. And I'm like, what are, do we all have to play around? Like you haven't severely yeah. augmented this photo, but more so I want to be like, but you live out there. So while I, I appreciate that you wanted to make your way smaller or whatever, I'd love to too. Like we all know you just as like the wonderful human shaped person that you are. Right. And you know, you can't do that in your, your, your sort of comings and goings of life. Um, oh, one thing you said before that I found interesting, do you find that it's more the case with the catfish that they they actually don't have feelings for the other person? It's just they get stuck in this thing that they can't get out of? 
it's interesting. Because it's presented as though right. you'd think that it was like, I really loved you, but I didn't. Um, the movie version would be, I loved you, but I didn't have the confidence. And so I projected this fake thing and I'm yeah. sorry. But it sounds like you're kind of saying like, no, it actually is less about that. I don't know. It's 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 tough because the feelings on the show, they don't get buried but the, but i don't I, from my own experience i've i've been in a number of long-term meaningful relationships yes and each time i kind of get out of one of those and i meet and, and get involved with someone else i realize wow the feelings i have now are either more intense or or more clear to me what i really want or need or like and i think it takes a a series of relationships and and eight years of your life to sort of figure out and know when you really do love someone or or what it means to have your heart broken or i think the only way to learn those things is to go through them and so because a lot of the people on our show are younger and in many cases this is their first you know long-term relationship in terms of just more than a few months um I don't think they know what their feelings are. And because I think the relationship is born out of a need for... for, To project a certain air. Yeah, well, it's... it's, Relationships, I think, whether they're virtual or physical, all sort of, you know, are built on the same essential platform, right? Like, I'm attracted to you. You make you make me smile, or you make me feel good. I enjoy talking, spending time together, whatever. You're my friend. Let's hang out more, and then all of a sudden, you're kind of in a relationship. Right. Online, it's a little different because you're you're able to assess and control the sort of in and out. The the, the you can project the air like we all. That's the exhausting part of when you get in. When you're young, especially, right? It's like, yeah. and that's why we, there's the boring old colloquialism of like, be yourself. Because inevitably, even if you get someone to fall in love with this cool projected air that you've now refined or honed, right. it will become exhausting. You will become your real self eventually. And if they're not into that person, you're screwed. And also the magic, and I'm, I'm sure you can speak to this, the magic of when you find your person is where you become more comfortable and, you know, less quote unquote attractive than you've ever felt because you're just being yourself and that person still likes you. And you're like, oh right. my God, you like this? Like, I only show this to like my best friend and <laughs> like... Well, yeah, I agree with all of that. And, and it kind of, I was cl- able to clarify what I was trying to say earlier, sure. which is that there's a big difference between um, when you're ready to be in a vulnerable well me i don't know i don't want to i don't want to belittle internet relationships for young people but when you're in a you know real life partner meaningful relationship there's a difference between that and and between what i think we see on the show a lot because what i've realized is that the 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 relationships on the show are built on one each party separately wanting to have someone that that's there some some connection with someone who's detached from their lives, who's not a part of their circle, who doesn't know 
them and their friends and their family who doesn't know their past, who doesn't even necessarily know what they look like. It's this safe, secret, like separate thing that only they have. Right. And I think there's there's a need for that because our 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 lives have all become so public and we share everything and we're we're expected to share everything and present ourselves in this great light all the time and judge ourselves based on likes and followers and all this stuff. So I think I've seen a trend of people who are desperately now trying to have something outside of that that doesn't exist in the public sphere, their own private thing. And so that thing, they want that thing to be perfect what it is right it's yeah. it's, it's this it's, exactly it's, i don't know what you'd call it but it's 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 a utopia they've created their right. own and so when you actually meet that person and your and your two worlds actually collide and then you have to figure out like okay well so now that we've met in person and, and we we've addressed the fact that i'm not exactly what you expected and you're not exactly what i expected and we actually do live kind of far away all of the issues that the come realities with the, right, of life sort of very quickly dissolve the right. magic. It erodes the false foundation in which yeah. it was built. I mean, and well, it, it, it clarifies what you were actually doing. Yes. So it immediately shines a light on the fact that you're not actually in love with this person. You're in love with that little tiny circle of on your pie chart where you guys both packed all of your hopes and dreams. Right into the future you would love to have if and when you can and you meet the actual right person. But you're not actually the right people for each other. Right. But you just happen to have an overlap in this sort of fantasy dream that you both share. Do you know I was catfished? Or at least I think I was? Doesn't surprise me. Uh, it, it happens, right? Yeah. A lot of people. All I know is, is that like during my late teens, early 20s, there was a person who I would text and I don't know how she got my number, but her setup was, be- I think she worked for a company that I worked for, you know, like some network got my info yeah, yeah. and said we had met at the party and, uh, and then it became an, I don't know if this is a trade of before or after your show, after my show, okay. I was acting like had a little bit of a persona or whatever. And there was sort of like this, um, insidious isn't the right word, but she just, all of a sudden, it just seemed like this person who I'd always known, hmm. like had this... I know how that feels, yeah. Yeah, this familiarity, Weird. right? And then I remember like she would send me pictures, but they seemed sort of like fully dressed, nothing like scantily clad about them or just like, hey, eating ramen at this place, yum. <laughs> like, and it was just like a lovely looking sure. girl who... And then I slowly but surely... And then we talked on the phone a few times and like... She was, and she was just dope and into hip hop and like this cool New York girl. But slowly, slowly but surely, when I would find myself in New York and I would try to yeah. see her, it would fall through. And huh. it just didn't work till finally I got hip to the fact that like something, something's off here. And then the photos didn't quite look like they came from her phone, that they might have been stolen from another profile. Okay. But I didn't know. But only years later did it. But so you, was there ever a resolution? No, I just stopped. I was like, this is weird, and I don't understand why I can never see you. Huh. And like, I just want to get coffee. No, I, why? I see the wheels turning. Ah, 
would love to find out who it was. Oh my god, I, I don't. Yeah, it was like very. It's <laughs> yeah. I'll say this to you. I'll probably cut this part out of the pod. But I remember this that I was in New York and I was like whatever, twenty years old, and I was like, oh, I you know. I'd love some some pot in the city, right. some weed, but I can't. I flew here, like right. New York, it's stuff to find. It's like, oh, I have a friend who can hook you up. And so I met this girl at a Dwayne Reed huh. in like Midtown. And she was a very nice girl. She looked like a lot of people that have been on Catfish. <laughs> May have been her. I think it was her. And she didn't act like it was her and like, Gave me, you know, like 30 bucks worth of pot. It was very nice. And I was like, hey, it was great. You know, like, thank you so much. And then, like, later on, I texted this girl and was like, yo, your friend's awesome. Thanks for hooking it up. She's like, oh, she liked you so much. And I was like, I bet she did. (laughs) Does she have a second number to organize that meetup? Did you? Or or maybe I did it through her. I don't know. Uh, She's like, oh, she'll meet you at the Dwayne Reed at 530. Like, I don't know. but So, yeah, I think for your own satisfaction you should just assume that was her okay yeah all right so you can kind of get your closure which is something i know a lot of people want finally right <laughs> so you met her and she was very lovely and lovely yeah um so interestingly uh you know we're, we're talking about the character type of of the catfish but do you find that there's a commonality in in the fish in the one that's being tricked that's funny no one ever called them the fish well that's like we a poker term right yeah it's a yeah it's a yeah, card yeah. term yeah which I only recently learned. And it is usually the, the person who is most likely to be sort of take, taken, right? Like a, yes. Right, some the fish weakest is like at a weakest, the table. Right, exactly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the sort of hopefuls or the victims, whatever you want to call them, they all have a lot of the same things in common, but, but not only so much as we all have them in common, right? Which is that like they want – to be loved and they want to feel like they matter and that someone cares about them. And to a certain um, extent, they're ignoring some signs in the beginning. Yes. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I think one thing that, that both the doc to some extent, but even more so the show doesn't simply have time to, to illustrate mm. is the trickle effect of getting into these relationships, right? Cause we come in and we get the summary like, Oh my God, you've been talking for two years and you've never, this or that, and they haven't FaceTimed you, and they have all these excuses. And when you put it all together on a one page, you realize, yeah, there's a lot of red flags. But when you're living it day by day, and it starts with just like a f- couple weeks of friendly messaging on Facebook because you have a mutual friend, and then you start texting, and then all of a sudden you're on the phone, and they're telling you every day these things about their lives. You, the thought to then go back and be like, wow, I wonder if any of that is true or could they have been lying about all these things? Like seems right. very impossible. Like, no, I've been talking to them so much. All these, like every day they text me. And they, they, it, you don't get that in the summary. You know what I mean? It's hard to illustrate the emotional foundation that gets built right. when built? you talk to someone every day for a week, even, even just a couple days. I mean, like I remember when I first met Laura – after our first date, I, I went away for a week to film an episode, and and even just over the course of that week, we we I've never had an like a an intense connection like over the phone with someone before, but we were talking on the phone at night for hours and oh, texting yeah. all day, and that's love. Even into that first week, I felt more like connected connected to her than I had felt to someone in a long time. Yeah, 
And that, that can happen really fast. If, oh, for if you sure. Click, you know, and so I think you don't you forget that these people clicked. Right. They have this incredible rapport. They have this fun, affectionate correspondence for months or years that you can't, right. you know, forget about. And healthy or not, we were all blind in love in the beginning. It's right. a hysterical blindness in the, and it can't be in the best family. way. I mean, it's what. Totally. I mean, Shakespeare wrote about it. I mean, yeah. it's just that moment clicks and then slowly but surely three to six months in, you're like, God, you chew loud or whatever, Sure, (laughs) which is what my wife tells me. And then there's an interesting thing that also happens a lot, which is that at a certain point, you know, the, the hopeful begins to ask some questions or, or, or expect certain things like, why haven't we met up? We've tried to meet up. You always have an excuse. Why can't we FaceTime? I know your camera's been broken, but like I sent you, whatever. Right. And, and they get to a point where they, where they might start to push a little bit. And frequently, and I don't think this is intentional, it's sort of weirdly this subconscious thing that happens, but the catfish will, will often respond with a similar um, answer, which is, well, don't you trust me? And, and they'll turn it around and they'll, and they'll make the person asking the very logical question. Sure feel bad as if they're questioning they betrayed the right. relationship right how right. could you the say trust. that right i thought we had something yeah and now you're questioning it and i don't even you know how could you not believe me and they weirdly manipulate the other person and turn it around feeling bad about questioning that they might not be telling them the truth right and so that's another interesting thing that i don't think is intentional and and, and by design but it just sort of happens because it's it's the only way to discourage what is an inevitable curiosity them going further right and if if catfish wasn't on mtv and it was on hbo or something where you could be you know you didn't have to worry about the standards of network television standards and practices would there i mean would it be even juicier would would there be certain things you would leave in that you've had to cut or yeah uh, Yeah. i think so i think the one one of the things we we pushed for for a while and until we decided it wasn't worth pushing anymore was uh, I don't know if the right word is portraiture, but we we wanted to be able to show both sides of the story in, as more. We sure. wanted to be able to spend a few minutes and just watch the catfish get up at 4 30 in the morning to drive an hour to the supermarket where they stock shelves for for 10 hours right and then go home stop at mcdonald's on the way through get getting their food and like we want to be able to see that their lives are lacking yes and that they're unhappy or or that they're isolated or that they're depressed we wanted to be able to show their their life outside of the relationship Mm. because we felt like that's an important part of why they're in this relationship. Why are they lying or why are they so willingly being lied to? Well, maybe it's because they, they live in the basement of their parents' home and it smells terrible and, you know, and, and their six older brothers make fun of them all the time because they're overweight. Like that's important. Right. But yeah, it isn't really time for it. And okay, so we kind of gave up with that. We wanted to be able to see them talking more. Like we, one of the things that 
frustrates us is we come into these people's lives. They've been talking every day for months or years. I want to see them talking, right? I want to see them on the phone with each other because they tell us that they have these great conversations, but what does it look like? Yeah. And we try to do it, but it's funny because it doesn't look like a lot. Yes. It, it's really not that meaningful when you, when you try and capture it. it it's, it's like trying to find the end of a rainbow. Like it doesn't, the rainbow exists and, and that relationship is that there's a it's magic. there, but when you actually try to understand what Encapsulate it, like, it does, the, yeah, it kind yeah. of evaporates sure. into the mist. So, well, cause there's those, those moments that you can't quite articulate in any relationship right. where you're like, Oh, she did this thing. And like, no one's ever done that for me. And to anyone else, it could be like, what? Like she like got you food and right. then like let you watch your favorite show. Right. And like, no, no, you don't understand. And when the cameras are rolling, obviously you lose a little bit of, whatever the authenticity and magic was to begin with. Right. So that, that, those are one thing. And then, you know, there are things that we haven't been able to show. And I don't know if it would change on a different network, just about, in some cases, like the the extremely difficult circumstances of people's lives. Sure. Where they've been mistreated or gone through things that we we can't talk about because it... it Implicates it, other right. people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then, and then, obviously, I'm sure I, I'm not quite sure how much you talk about in the show about like sexting and all that stuff that goes on. You guys talk about it because I'm sure yeah, there's a we, lot we of ask, that. I mean, we always ask like, "So, do you sext?" Right. And I don't think anyone really lies to us about it, but it doesn't happen as much as it could because it's more emotional. He's right. These these relationships are not about physicality. Right. So usually, it's like. You know, oh man, if I were there, I would do this. But it's never like, yeah, that Get, graphic digging in, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. No. We had met before, mm-hmm. and you sat behind me at a. a I sat in front awards, of you, in front of me, and you guys threw popcorn on my wife and I, which I loved. In the best way, it was. You just, don't know it was us, but it may have been. I suspected. Yeah, it was a couple kernels, but it was more of like a "How are you?" Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a light showering. It was almost like a post-wedding ceremony, I think. It was very cute. Lovely. It's a bit of an olive branch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then funny enough, last month, my wife and I are on vacation with our friends in Maui, and we go into a, a lovely hotel. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, and who do I see? Neve checking in That's with right. his wife. We were checking in. And his daughter and beautiful family. And you were in... Uh, an interesting moment. That was tough. I bet. Fuck. So, so we uh, we flew to Hawaii uh, essentially to escape what uh, had just recently happened, which was uh, I think two days earlier, a girl had, had a girl who had been on Catfish in 2015 had posted some videos on YouTube saying that during the filming I had been wildly inappropriate with her and right. and uh overly flirtatious and and said some vulgar sexual things to her and and tried to get her to have sex with me and and uh, any number of of things of that nature and uh and because you know something like that would be a serious infraction and and would warrant you know certainly an investigation and perhaps some repercussions of course MTV did did what I think they had to do which was suspend production and, and look into it. And in this day and age, they acted, it seems as though swiftly, like they had to make a big... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I looking back, do I think there was a, 
a slightly less aggressive version of course that that could have been taken sure um but there's nothing wrong with saying hey this is a serious thing if this if this happened we we need to find out and and that's what we're going to do but regardless of of that what i had what i had just gone through was essentially you know 48 hours of of press who didn't really bother to look into the situation but simply headlines neve sexual misconduct catfish suspended because in this day and age to be accused is to be guilty is to be indicted and you've got the scarlet letter right away right and i and i'm not a squeaky clean guy i've made some mistakes in the past uh, of of which i've I've been transparent about and and learned from and made and apologized when appropriate but but this was particularly upsetting because it was not true right Uh, i i remembered very clearly this girl in the episode and the things she was saying were just so not not only not true but also so far out of my realm of of the character of who I am. Yes. Um, that anyone who knows me, who 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 took the time to actually listen to what she said, would would immediately tell you like, oh no, there's no way, there's no way Neve would say those things. Right. So it was it was so exaggerated and, and absurd. But you know, so I became one of an unfortunate list of people who who is sort of labeled a pervert or gross or disgusting or just sort of disrespectful and and like you say, a sort of assumed guilty. And when, when do you get the call? When is it first introduced that this is going on? Well, the on? most frustrating thing about it was that it actually, I, th- I don't know, but I, I think I actually found out first. So Laura got a direct message on Instagram from someone who said, hey, your husband's a creep. Like, I can't believe you let him near your daughter. Some, some Jesus. terrible message. And, she, and then she, screen, she had screenshotted whoever sent her, Laura the message the video and said like have you seen this and so laura was like what is this and i went watched the video of course and then immediately without thinking i don't know what i would have done differently now sent it to the producer of the show and said like oh man i i don't know what we do we need to do anything this is so crazy like this girl's posted this video and and i of course immediately was aware that like if and when someone's the right person sees this like it's going to get press right because Right. Understandably, if someone's making an, a claim against a public figure, and especially a, a woman against a man, like people are going to notice. It's going to be breaking news. Right. And I knew it was a sort of ticking time bomb. Eventually, it's going to come out. Anyway, so obviously, it then trickled up to MTV, and you know they made a statement saying we're going to look into it. Did they tell you this before kind they made of. their statement? They, they. I mean, we knew something was going to happen, and that they were going to say something. I don't. I don't know that. We knew that they were going to necessarily suspend production, but and in moment moments like this, isn't it always a slightly revealing of like? And they always say like, in crisis, your true friends will show themselves. Like I'm sure, and I've gone through this just in like when a show is, it's not comparable in any way. But like if a right. show is canceled or whatever, like I'm sure you were like, what my I'm such good friends with all those execs. Like they didn't, they couldn't have at least called me. Like they immediately go into corporate sure, mode of like. Right. Right. We must separate. Sorry, you can read it on the Hollywood Reporter right. like everyone else. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I was actually the, the the 
it's it's hard now, or it was hard then, to sort of understand what what was going on for them mm. in the corporate side of things. It, there was initially some communication with me about like, okay, well, how do you want to deal with this? So let's come up with a statement, and then I think they realized that for their sake, and 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 actually for mine too, in, in terms to better best protect their sort of uh, separation from me, like we actually need to handle this separately and not involve Neve and sure. And we had to, you know, to not have, seem like there's a bias, right? And... There's no kind of, we're not in cahoots together. Like, of course we're going to very seriously separate from him and, and let it be known that we're investigating him. And yeah. Anyway, I think that now looking back, they, they did a great job. In the moment, I was very frustrated and I was confused. Why aren't they communicating with me? Why would they suspend the show when there's never been a complaint like this before? It's not like it's a male-dominated you know, production at all. In fact, almost all of our producers are female. Right. It's not like if a girl had been on the show before, she wouldn't have felt comfortable. Yeah, there's nothing I'm to not support the boss. It's just not claim. right. It's not the environment where I would be able to do that, surrounded by all these people and the cameras always rolling. It's just it's such such an outlandish, of course, whatever. But I understood. So they they very quickly got investigation to happen. Everyone participated from past and present, including myself, and they went through all the raw footage, comparing it to the timeline of the of the girls claims which clearly you know didn't match right and and then took their time to make sure everything had been gone through and looked at and timed their announcement with what i'm sure was a lot of consideration and and scheduling and budget in terms of going putting production back in and continuing with the show i mean you know a lot of stuff had to happen that while for me i was waiting counting the seconds for them to say, you know, hey, it's it's all good and Eve's not a creep. Right. And they I wanted them to do it sooner. What I what I wasn't really thinking was the bigger picture and, and moving forward with the show and how they wanted to make sure they really were thorough and, and, and didn't rush and they did. And they did a great job. Curious with Josh Peck is brought to you by the wondrous new Showtime original series Kitty, starring Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. Carrie plays Jeff Pickles, a children's television icon and a force for good in an often cruel world. As his family life starts to unravel, Jeff's sanity is put to the ultimate test. Will he be able to keep it together? Well, catch the series premiere of Kidding Sunday, September 9th at 10 p.m. Following the season premiere of Shameless, only on Showtime. Download the Showtime app and start your free trial now. So when you get the call or you see that the announcement has then happened... First of all, who reaches out immediately? Well, we knew it was going to happen because we had been in touch with MTV's, you know, business affairs and, and uh, press department. I mean, are you afraid to go outside in that moment? Well, I mean, I you know, it was interesting. It was a, it was a, a I learned a lot in the last month. Yeah. About myself, about my friends and family, my my fans, and. And and I also almost completely sort of left social media, sure. Which which I think was great in a weird way because you do feel that constant pressure, like we were saying before, to post. And then when you stop and you really can't, or you, I could have been, I guess, but I chose like to not post anything for about a month. Like any addiction, 
it kind of gets better, right? Like there's a there's a yeah. little bit at the beginning where you're like, oh man, I, and then you kind of like, eh, I guess it doesn't really matter. And then all of a sudden you're not even thinking about it. It was kind of liberating and, and lovely. Right, you don't miss it. And then you get to come back really fresh and just decide like, what am I doing this for and why? And, and is it making me happy or is it just some burden? Anyway, all that aside. So the other thing that I I, I learned, like you say, about your friends is interesting because on one hand, I don't know, I think a lot of people, some people reached out and were like, you're my friend. This is bullshit. Right. What can I do? How can I help? And a lot of girl friends and, and former female colleagues reached out to say like, this is crazy. Do you need a character witness? Right. Can I write something or to offer some testimony or something? Um, and some did, and that was really helpful. Didn't I didn't need it, but that was nice. But also, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I'm now able to say that what I didn't realize at the time was be, partly because of the sort of sensitive nature of the situation. I, I kept, I didn't sort of include anybody. I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't really filling people in with the day-to-day grind and, and phone calls and updates. Of course. And, so and, you're you know, going you, it, you're doing it alone. Well, I had my wife, but we were really like protecting. Stealing, well, not, we were just overwhelmed with the the frustration and stress and confusion and and just negativity of the situation because not only was it my reputation and and the the you know my career but all these other projects that people won't know about now that I had been setting up and working on for years that were literally like both right about to happen went away. Jesus. And and they might kind of come back, maybe not, we'll see. But like timing wise, it couldn't have been a worse moment. Like and if it if are, it yeah. And in that moment are you like, I'm a like, are you talking to God? Be like, I'm a good dude. I mean, I don't know what your belief is, but like I'm a good person. <laughs> like I don't deserve this. Well no, you know it's weird. You go through a few for me at least a few things. Like first I went through a do I deserve this? Right. What is, is this karma? Yes. Have, have I made enough, too many mistakes in the past? Have I hurt people in the past? Is this some sort of weird cosmic fate thing that's like setting me back for a reason? Because we've all, to a certain extent, we, yeah. when you see all these things happen, we all, any guy, and I can only speak for myself, will investigate his old relationships and say like, right. where did I act less than chivalrous? Sure. Or did, you know, was I not emotionally right. sensitive to the person yeah. that I was in a relationship and I, and, with? You know, and I've had a few moments where I was out, out at a bar or at a party, met a girl, things were going well, and then I maybe took it a little too far. And they said, hey, that's not cool. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Of course. In the moment, obviously, I recognized, appreciated, respected, and, you know, but, but like that could come back. So she could say, right. Oh, he was gross. Some cosmic he tried to stick his payback. tongue down my throat. And I was like, I thought you, we were, I, you know, we were kissing. Right. I thought that was what we were good. Like, you know, but it's impossible. Anyway. So you, you spend hours racking your brain thinking like, is someone else going to come and say, Oh yeah, this is totally, I believe this because he was gross then. And sure. 10 years ago at a college party, he said this out of, and out of context. Yeah. I guess that is a gross thing to say. I don't know. You just, so you, 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 you circle and circle around all these vague past memories, hoping, think, holding your breath that someone else isn't going to 
for some reason because they think your show sucks or 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 they just don't they like just don't like you someone who's what, successful right. and happy right that they're going to come up and 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 cuz and cuz really that's that would be the thing right like it I, if you're accused of being gross in a vague sort of hard to define way and then someone else is like oh yeah 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 he's gross then all of a sudden it's almost less about whether or not you were gross the one time and it's yes. become sort of oh, you are gross you're probably it's a tribunal gross. right and i always say that for the people like the 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 main sort of people that have gone down over the last few years for right. this i have found as an observer it's never quite been a single act it's been an it's been egregious behavior right. for decades right. that finally, karmically or whatever, it, was like, it couldn't stand anymore. Right. Them living in impu- like with impunity and they just – it was over. Right. But, and then anyone to me who has survived any sort of controversy, be it this or like you know, when like Bill Maher said the N-word on, on, on real mm-hmm. time, you look at something like that and you go like – you know. I we know who Bill Maher is. Like we knew, we've known who he was for decades, right. and we know that that was just completely poor use of judgment in that moment. Sure. But there's nothing to support that that he right. believes anything. Right, or that he used that. that word out of hatred. Yes, because he's actually racist. Right. Yeah, totally. And 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 so so you have that stage. I mean, there's there's a whole state. I mean, I don't know what if ever I'll do anything with these this experience, but there's a stage where you you go back through every moment of your life wondering if you've who else you've hurt and and reliving those moments and and hoping to god or whoever it is that yes. that person doesn't want to further your suffering not to say that if you hadn't done something fucked up you don't deserve it but this would be the moment right this would be there anyone who's ever felt wronged by you and and very rightfully so if they w- wanted to they could Add to the yes. The, they could flame the fire. So, not having that happen in those first three, four, five days is the first sort of moment where you think like, okay, okay, I guess I hadn't hurt anyone badly enough, or I'd 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 apologized appropriately at the time and, and expressed my, you know, what's the word for that? Uh, Your sympathy yeah or yeah. expressed my whatever so okay and then you, you, like i said a moment ago you start to realize well now it's a test of who who i am right so if if my coworkers and the people who are going to essentially back me up on this don't like me or if 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 i've ever been a dick out of sort of the sexual realm right. or just not a nice guy they're not going to really back me up right and that's going to make things harder. And and so to then see so many people, you know, saying, no, this is crazy. Neve's great to work with. I, he's lovely. He's appropriate. Other c- colleagues who came forward to say, in fact, conversely to these claims, we had a, f- a female producer who, who had been mistreated by one of the male participants on the show who had been talked to inappropriately, who I had defended. I mean, I had, had actually said to him, like, you're – being gross, you need to stop. Like, right. That's not okay. And so, you know, to have people come to sort of get your back is a really nice... It's and, everything. And, yeah, and so 
I've worked really hard on this show, making it something that I'm proud of, that's meaningful, and making sure my crew is happy and, and, and that the environment, well, sometimes I can, sure, be a little demanding or tough on people. Like Everyone. Everyone sees that I do it because I care, and, and, it, and I want the show to continue to be a success, and that has worked. Uh, and everyone does. I mean, I'm not the only one who wants the show to be good. No, of course. But, so that, so that's, a, that's a nice one little sort of takeaway from this is like, wow, people really backed me up. And even MTV, like, it, you know, if, there, if people at MTV didn't like me, this would have been an easy opportunity for them to be like, you know what, screw that guy, you know. Was there ever, did you ever start thinking about a plan B? Like, if for some reason this is the worst case scenario, right. what, what do I do? What do I do to support my family? Well, that's a weird, another part of it, right? Because right. like, I'm, I don't have a, any real specific skill set. Same here. Right. <laughs> right. So Yeah, we're artists. Yeah, I mean, I f- sort of fell into this weird thing and I kind of made it on from around myself. So it's been like, working. Right. Right. So I don't have real world job set. Yeah, you're not uh, going to go temp somewhere. So it yeah, very scary. Right. Uh, you know, got young kid trying to move into a new place in New York. Yeah. It, it, it's been very scary and stressful. I um, always, when I think the shit's going to hit the fan, I'm like, my buddy is a, a operations manager for a trucking company. I was like, I'll go assist him. Right. I love him. I was like, I'll make sure. probably about 500 a week. I'll figure out how to live on that. Yeah. And But yeah, I mean, yeah. it would make sense for something like that to go through your mind because you're so a victim of, of outside forces. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I, look, I'm very lucky. I have a great family. Yes. Who, who would absorb me and my wife and kid f- for a period of time. Whatever you needed. Right. So, so I, I, I was never like totally out of options, obviously. But but the one thing I'll, I'll say sort of which, which I think came as the biggest wake-up call um, from all this was there was a certain point where I realized nothing I, nothing I do anymore will, will affect the outcome of this. Like, right. I can call and call and call. I can push and push. I can tell MTV to get back to get us back to work. I, but like, it's out of my control, mm-hmm. and that's really hard for me, especially. Like, I'm I'm I like things to be managed. I like to be able to sort of influence my environment, and and if I see something that could be done or done better, I I'm I do it, or I I work towards figuring out how to get it done. And this became one of very few situations in my life where it directly related to me but was completely out of my control. But my entire future and fate sort of was at stake and I, there was nothing I could do. Right. Which is such a humbling experience. Well, then, because you're at the hands of... of... Well, on one hand, I'm, I'm at the hands of, of this young woman who, who has said this thing. Right. That whether, you know, whatever... Whatever and whatever she could say, right? So like, so I'm at the mercy of this statement that this girl made, and then, you know, uh, there's all these X factors, and then there's MTV's decision on what to do, and and it's just so many things that I can't control, and then whatever, and legal processes, and anyway. But it's as close to death as you could imagine. If you think about it, it's like you were you're literally like in front of Saint Peter at the pearly gates, being like, right. my life That's must right. speak for itself, right? Like and I, I can't, I can't it. manipulate you. Right. I can't that's, convince that's you. That's what's so weird about yes. it. Like you, you're, you're right. You're on trial, but you, 
you're not allowed to speak yeah, for yourself. Your life is representing you. So yeah, you're, it is. It is. It's a. It's yeah. I guess that's true. It is sort of like your judgment day. Right. And and it's very scary. And I was so stressed, and I was so out of control, and and desperately trying to whatever get it into my control that I actually got shingles. Oh Jesus! Which, uh, if you don't know, it's it's a relative of chickenpox. Right. It's a um, it's a it's virus. A, yeah, but it's neur it's a neural virus. Right. So it 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 lives in your nerves and and. When your immune system gets low or you get too stressed out, it comes out. And most people get it around their uh, like chest or, or right above their stomach around like their ribs. Um, I got it on my head. And it's so super painful. It's very uncomfortable. Very. So I got it like kind of on my eyebrow and then up along the top left side of my head. Wow. I didn't have a lot of visual you can see the heal. It's just healing now. I had like one sort of scabby area here. Right. But I'm still for three weeks now dealing with like a really bad headache, like a terrible sort of electric pressure-y kind of migraine headache. And for better or worse, it, it was a major kind of forced lesson that like I got to chill out. Right. I have to accept I mean, there's that prayer that I think a lot of people are familiar with. I don't remember what it's called. but The serenity prayer. The serenity prayer. Yes. Right? And I've had that kind of playing. I don't know it by heart, but I, but I know that there's a one line which is like to accept the things you can't control or something uh, like that. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, right. the courage to change the things I can, wisdom right. to know the difference. Well, I'm focusing just on the first one. <laughs> right. <laughs> to accept the things I cannot change. Yes. Um, and it's it's been a meaning, really meaningful kind of eye-opening Emotional and actual physical experience because I can't – I even if everything is great, I'm, I need to enjoy it and relax and let things happen and, and be willing to move with them and learn from them and not – if something doesn't work out for me, not let it ruin my life or, or, right. or make me unhealthy or, or hurt my relationship with my wife because I'm – wound up and and not fun to be around like i just have to breathe and accept and chill a little bit when i was with you and i ran into you at the four seasons mind you i saw you and i had seen some of these headlines and i go oh fuck like i'm i'm like that is the worst that has got to be he's got to be going through it so much now and i knew who you were as a person i just didn't know how to even broach the topic with you and then you're there and you're checking in and, and we're, we're talking and our wives are talking and you kind of look at me and go, well, have you heard? Right. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I mean, I think we'd be oh. fools not to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we probably would. But of course, I would never have brought it up had you not said, listen, this is going on. I can't ignore it. Right. And like, I... I'm just, you know, I'm just trying my best to get through it. And so then at that point, I was like, well, this seems slightly kismic. And like, if I can be of any sort of just to get your mind off of everything that's going on and be a friend on this trip. Well, like, you don't know how how nice that was because, you you know, we run in a very similar circle yeah. in terms of 
both our television careers and, and our social media circle. Uh, and so you were the first person that I had seen, right? really, at all. Um, Good old JP yeah, in the Four and, Seasons and, lobby. <laughs> yeah, and, and for you to sort of say like, okay, this is happening for him. It totally sucks, but I bet you it would mean a lot if I kind of just could be there for him as a friend. And, and you were so sweet to invite me and my wife out with your friends to dinner. And like, that was a, it was huge for us. I'm so glad. Because and at, we loved at that having moment, you. we felt like such pariahs, such, you know, outcasts, such, uh, you know, we were wearing the scarlet letter. Of course. Um, and we were, you know, we went to Hawaii just to kind of escape. Right. And, and fortunately you were there to sort of not only remind us that we don't need to be ashamed and we don't have to escape, but to then also just make us feel like we were still had some sort of social value and we were good people was really, was really great. I'm so glad. And as I will tell you now, our friends who we were there with, who met you, the immediate feedback was they are just the most adorable couple. <laughs> <laughs> like they're the big fans. Wow. Cool. You guys are a super cute couple. But, and then similarly, even today when I, you know, we were planning to, the, to do this pod and, and out of respect and, and I'm this way with everyone that I interview. And I always say like, if there's something you want me to take out, we'll take out. Like I'm not in the business of sure. putting something out there that people don't want to talk about. And obviously you got the great news over the last couple of days that the investigation is sure. complete. The show's reinstated. But I said like, listen, I'm interested to hear your side of things, but if you don't want to talk about this stuff, we don't have to. And you said, no, I think it's it's important to at least be honest and communicate some of what's gone on. And so I feel like you did a great job of that. Oh, thank you. I'm a fan. Okay, that's it. That was the pod. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Neve. Thank you, everyone. Have an incredible week. It's Tuesday. If you're listening to this the day it came out, or if you're listening to it later in the week, where you been? Huh? Well, you can't listen to it the day it comes out. What, do you got some more important to do? Like living your life and not just being uh, beholden to everything that I want because I'm so full of self-importance? Shut up, Josh. Anyway, guys, I just, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your week. Summer is sort of coming to an end and no... No complaints here. I'm ready for that fall weather. Huh? Cozy pumpkin spice season coming in. Fucking bring it on. You know what I mean? I am just basic when it comes to that. I go to Trader Joe's and they have a pumpkin spice section. That's where you find me. Catch me at the pumpkin spice section, you heard? How about that? All right. Let's just end this quick before I make a bigger fool of myself. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye.